The Babylon Project was our last best hope for peace. It failed. But in the year of the Shadow War, it became something greater. Our last best hope for victory. The year is 2260. The show, the name of the pod. Episode 63, War Without End, in which Jeffrey Sinclair returns and the fate of Babylon 4 is revealed. Welcome back to The Name of the Pod, the Babylon 5 podcast, where we discuss the ongoing cultural legacy of the 1990 science fiction television program, Babylon 5. I'm one of your hosts, John Cassie, and I am joined, as always, by my dear friend and co-host... Chris Tatro. I am, of course, the Lucy to your Ethel. Uh, you are the Lucy to my <laughs> Ethel. Um, L- L- Lucy, much more uh, 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 here and there. Ethel, much more grounded. As you say. <laughs> well, we're off to it's, a good start, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. It's almost yeah. like we did this already once. It's almost like we did this already once, uh, folks. We're we're being flippant because uh, Chris and I have taken a couple of weeks, uh, a couple of weeks off, and in attempting to start this program, I have had a number of false starts, and so. Who knows? Uh, it's too bad that we're false starting on uh, on what is quite possibly the episode of this program that we're going to say at the end of the day is the finest piece of work they did. I can agree with that. I, I'm not sure that uh, it's possibly the, possibly yeah, I'm right? not sure that it's the best episode, but it is the best piece of work. And and that may be splitting hairs a little bit, but right. I th- we'll come around, I think, to to why I make that distinction during the course of our discussion. We're, we're talking right. about uh, War Without End, Parts 1 and 2. Uh, we've got, a, we've got a, 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 a double header for you today here. Right. Uh, creature double feature. Um, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Two episodes for the Where, price of one. Right. Where's Mothra? Um, on Mimbar. Um, yeah. yeah, folks, you remember that at the uh, in Season 1, uh, we had a they, there was a two parter there as well, and we covered it in uh, you know in a single episode. That's sort of our practice. We're going to continue that practice here. Um, Chris, mercy, there's a lot going on in this episode in in these episodes in this in this television movie. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, it's it's almost daunting to cover everything right. here in right. in in one podcast episode, but. Uh, but we will we will do our best, and we might go a little bit longer than usual. But right, and then inevitably be things, uh, you know, listeners that mm-hmm. that you found that you took away from this episode that we that we may give short shrift to in your perspective, or that uh, you know, or that in fact we don't you know we don't address. But that's right. the nature of this. We're not doing a you know a minute by minute coverage kind of program. We're sort of trying to explore you know kind of the deeper significance of these episodes uh you know not only within the babylon 5 universe but but seen you know a little bit more broadly mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you know as sci-fi tv goes this is an episode sort of without peer right and yeah. you know there's a lot you know there's a lot to recommend it yeah it, it's it, you know my it, well i guess i'll just jump right in my distinction between mm-hmm. between the best episode and best piece of work is that it's the payoff of the larger of JMS's larger plan, right? Uh, particularly, particularly of the Sinclair arc, right? Uh, and 
and it really ties everything up so nice and so neatly. Right. Even with the the departure of Michael O'Hare from the from the show. Right. That you know and there was there was so much that was set up in season one, in particular in Babylon Squared. Right. That really relied on him being there. And uh this this picked up on it and 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 moved along flawlessly. Um, it's it's almost impossible to envision the show now that we've seen this episode with Michael O'Hare not leaving, and yet he did not leave as part of a story mm-hmm. uh, 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 decision. Yeah, he left for 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 health reasons, right? The right. fact that the story's integrity is so strong, what an extraordinary piece of of world building, mm-hmm. right, to be able to keep it. I have no idea what this episode looks like with Michael O'Hare as Commander Sinclair. Do we lose him now? I don't think Is someone else him. Valen? I, I, well, I think he has to be Valen. I think there were too many, there were too many <clears throat> seeds planted from, from the very beginning of the show. Right. Um, I, I think, and again, I can't imagine, I can't imagine losing him at the end of season three and then having to go through, you know, which it, if you look at the, the original plan, two more seasons with, a, with, a, you know, changing commanders that late in it doesn't, that doesn't work for me. I think we don't get this until close to the end of the, of the series. If, oh, I see. If Michael I see. O'Hare sticks around. You know, if if we if we have Commander Sinclair all the way through, then it's you know this comes late in season five. Oh, I see, I see. So, and we might have one or two more episodes at the very end to to sort of wrap everything up. But but it's a much it's a much longer game that that's played out between Babylon Squared and and this. Huh. At least that's how I would. I can't imagine any other way of doing it. That's an extraordinarily different show, isn't it? It really is. Right? And it... You know, there's a degree, I, I, I think, of cohesion difficulty in seasons four and five, which we'll get to when we talk about them, mm-hmm. that suggests that, that uh, you know, even, even a world builder with JMS's talent... There are some things that just can't that, that you just you can't build around, right? You can't overcome, mm. right? And so by sort of pulling this to here because uh, because the, the the story sort of requires it, mm-hmm. you're left with uh, you know kind of back end story needs that right. you can't that you can't fill the way that you would sort of initially plan to, mm-hmm. kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Now, having said that, having said that, they replaced Sheridan as Captain of Babylon 5 in Season 5, right? So you could conceivably have pulled Michael O'Hare at this point, made him Valen, Mm -hmm. and left the independent Babylon 5 in someone else's hands, conceivably. Conceivably, but switching out for Lockley was not part of the larger plan. I think that was, Correct. You know, at least as, as I understand it, that was really only because they didn't know that they were going to get a season five and, and 
right? You know, contracts and, and people sort of went on to, to other commitments rather than, than hang around and see what happens. But right. Uh, I mean, that's, that's part of the, that's part of the beauty of, of, of JMS's style, I think, is that he has the big plan, but he's put in the trap doors. He has, he has a level of improvisational skill that allows him to adapt yeah. the plan to whatever the current circumstances are. Uh, you, you know, you and I have done a lot of game mastering in, in role-playing games. Yep. And I, I can certainly say in my experience, I've had, I've, I've set up games with a big plan in mind. And, and yep. as I like to say, no battle plan survives contact with my wife. That's right. Uh, that whatever plan I have set up, she is just going to take it a 90 degree angle and, and run it in a completely different direction. Right. So, you know, I, I know, I know the struggles on a much smaller scale of having to adapt. You know, okay, I, I remember, you know, four months ago I said I set up A, B, and C, and now I have to pay those things off in some way. Yes. But, but the the circumstances in between have changed, and I have to do a lot of fancy dancing. And it, does, right, it usually right. doesn't feel as satisfying as this did. Yeah, nicely uh, put. I'm, I mean, right. the, the you know, integrating the scenes from Babylon Squared into this you know, like there's the there's there's a particular clip, and I, I saw some comments from JMS on the Lurkers Guide, right? Uh, you know, th- saying that it, they had to make sure they matched the lighting perfectly, where mm-hmm. where you have uh, you have Ivanova kind of coming out a, a hallway and then stepping back, so that Garibaldi and the and the commander of of Babylon Four, they're cl- fr- clipped from the earlier episode, can walk by. That's right. That's um, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And I'll I'll mention that this air this episode aired uh, six months before. Uh, trials and tribulations. So suck it, DS Nine. Right. <laughs> Precisely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, you know, I, I I just thought that was it was very nicely woven together. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was a very complicated piece of storytelling. Yeah. Right. Um, from a from a logistical perspective. Yeah. You make you make a, even the tiniest error, mm. and and this thing goes off the rails. Right. right, and it, 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 I mean, it goes not only to your point about JMS as an as an as an improviser, mm-hmm. because he is, you know, kind of without, uh, you, you know, with with the, there's no company, uh, right. you know, that that he's keeping there. He's 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 aces at that, mm-hmm. um, but also having to meticulously plan, right, right. You know, just 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 as a just as a piece of architecture, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, television architecture. You know, this is. This is an extraordinary thing. Yeah, um, I completely agree. You know, um, so we've got Babylon Four, mm-hmm. and it's built and just about to open, mm-hmm. and it gets pulled back in time. Well, first it gets pulled ahead in time. C- correct. Correct. Yeah. Right. Right. Right, because of that. Uh, uh, so that, right, because it goes off accidentally. We need to, we need to fulfill the the what's been set up in Babylon Squared, and then it gets pulled back a thousand right. years. Yeah. Right, um, and is you know presented, 
you know, to the to the to the you know the old alliance, mm-hmm. right? You know, as its uh, uh, you know as its you know, sort of forward command, right? Yeah. Um, I wonder to what degree it um, you know it 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 it, it actually replaced that Mimbari station, right? You know why? Why? Why was this one good enough to replace that one? Do you know what I mean? Hmm. You know, because I mean, was Minbari technology sort of at like a human level at that time, or? Well, I mean, it's you know, it's it's human technology one thousand years. Yeah, I mean, if we, I guess we just have to assume that human technology is a thousand years behind Minbari technology. Right. I, so, I think that that's sort of what we're led to believe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know. Um. um you know, and and even you know they say well they'd never accept the station if there was a human presenting it to them and uh, but I have to imagine that that the Minbari who were on there and were using it were like this is kind of a weird this none of this stuff makes sense f- for us this is yeah I'm just surprised there weren't more records of right of Babylon four and. You know, the drawings of the station or something that had survived a thousand years down the line. Right, right. It's the 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 appearance out of literally nowhere or no when, mm-hmm. right, of exactly the thing you need in order to not lose. Uh-huh. I mean, that's the sort of thing. If everything else is lost, the record of that is preserved. I would think so. Right, I mean, and we're only talking a thousand years. Right, a, a thousand years right. of advanced starfaring civilization. So it's not even a thousand years of paper culture. R- right, right. And I you mean, know what? They had a video image of Babylon Four. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I find it difficult to believe that the that the Mimbari once they'd encountered Earth civilization. And saw how Earth people built their stuff. Mm-hmm. That they didn't say WTF. Oh my! Was that an Earth? Was that an Earth thing? Well, because you and I talk about the fact that all of this technology looks of a piece, right? Right. 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 I mean, I I can certainly understand that they would have images of the station. Sort of external, you know, what did the right. thing, thing look like overall? Maybe a maybe images of the bridge of some kind, right? Um, but how widespread would the actual details be? Maybe maybe they're kept within the religious caste, but the warrior maybe. caste, you know, wouldn't really have access to those kinds of records or wouldn't care necessarily. Yeah, or wouldn't care, right? So you know, maybe or, it's only the Great Council who knows. And it's also, you know, Valen probably said, "Hey, don't write this stuff down. Don't, you know, let's see, let's seal this stuff away." Right, right. It's um, it's a, it's a, it's a miracle. Uh huh. Let it be a miracle. Right, right. Yeah. Um, you he's, know, and and go. He's gonna want. He's gonna want to to to. <clears throat> That that's our out right there. You know, you can always solve a time, a problem with more time travel, is is the, you know, the expression. You know, <laughs> right, that, that, right, right. 
yeah, we don't want to create some sort of temporal paradox. So, so okay, so Valen told him not to. A wizard did it. Great. Fine. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, you know, and in fact, you know, my, here I am, uh, you know, sort of yeah. raising this and sort of yeah. moaning and groaning, while um, the fact that, that Gandalf the Grey had to schlep all the way back down to Minas Tirith <laughs> to go looking around in a moldy old library mm-hmm. to make the connection, right, that, that this ring... Uh-huh. Is in fact Sauron's ring. Let's see. It's a ring. It's you know, <laughs> evil. Hmm. Not ringing a bell. Better, better, better double check that. Right. Yeah. You're an Istari for God's sakes. You were sent here to deal with this, and yeah. you don't even what? <laughs> yeah. Right. It's so, a trope. You know, yeah. It's a trope. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So let it go, Cassie. Right. Let it. Let it go. Right. Um, but I do. I do love me some time travel. No kidding. I, right. You know, any kind oh. of, you know, predestination time loops. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I'm all over yeah. that. Yeah. To, to your to your point about suck at DS9, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You know, uh, uh, Trials and Tribulations, mm-hmm. six months after this. Yep. Uh, you know, one of the great time travel episodes of all time. Yeah. Right. You know, James T. Kirk, his files as big as a drawer. Mm-hmm. He's a menace. A menace, I see. Yes. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. Um, what are your, um, you know, what what are some of your sort of time travel, all time bests? Oh, right. When um, you when you sort of think about when you sort of think about that, I, you know, I cut my teeth on Legion of Superheroes comics growing up. So, sure. So there's there's always that, but that was all at least in my youth was handled a lot more loosey goosey. And yep. the implications of time travel really were never, you know, until we had the crisis on infinite earths in the mid 1980s. And all of a sudden there was no Superboy, and whoops, that's kind of, un, you know, destabilized everything. Um, you know, I, I, I liked that era quite a bit where we were trying to figure out how, every, how all the pieces fit back together again. Right. Um, yesterday's enterprise we've talked about at length oh, before, right. which is, right. Which is, you know, uh, I I like that better than Trials and Tribulations perfectly. Oh, uh, for you know, sure. To uh, personally, I should say, for sure. Um, yeah, I just you know I, I um, uh, the film Looper, the film Predestination, right, um, right. You know, I, which I think we've talked about both of those on this on this cast before. Um, I think so. Yes. Oh, Predestination just was absolutely like. That was just brain breaking, right? Um, but uh, and you know, in a sense, even though it's not direct time travel, relating these concepts of predestination and free will, um, I'll always go back to uh, to Dune Messiah. Yeah, as as one of the the key works that influenced my thinking. You know, am I am I following these footprints that were laid out for me? You know, be, and I have no choice to do that, or am I walking freely and leaving these footprints in the sand? Right. Uh, you know, how how do we know whether whether we're caught in a predestination loop or whether we're acting on our own free will? Um, you know, that that connects. And how about you? Other uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think all travels? of those uh, all, all of those really kind of resonate. Yeah. You know, for me. Um, I think about uh, yesterday's Enterprise as a particularly good example. Um, 
I think the episode All Our Yesterdays of the original series, mm-hmm. where they um, they sort of inadvertently uh, are are observed. Is that the one with Captain Christopher? Indeed. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was mm-hmm. uh, you know kind of a nice piece of uh, you know a nice piece of work. Mm-hmm. Um, the episodes of DS Nine, I can't recall what their what the title is, but where. Um, Cisco and Bashir uh, get caught up in something called the Bell Riots, right? Mm-hmm. Which was in the United States in the 2020s, okay? Um, at the time, in the mid-1990s, it didn't really feel all that plausible. But, you know, the the state of the nation being what it is, you know, having watched that again just recently, it was like, oh, my word. Mm-hmm. Um you know that that seems a little, you know, a, a little close. You know, past tense uh, was the episode. Past tense, yes. yes. Two-parter. Um, yeah, another one, right? Yeah. Um, I I found some of the Voyager stuff they did with time travel not particularly effective. Um, I've kind of grown tired of the Kelvin universe. Mm-hmm. Um, Star Trek films, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'd like them to maybe go in a sort of a different direction, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think that Trek, when they're doing Mirror Universe, is actually, in some respects, more interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Than when they're doing time travel stuff. Right. Um, have you seen the um, Have you seen the the Star Trek Discovery short where a guy comes upon Discovery? Calypso. You know, in the, the yeah, Calypso. Have yeah. you seen that? I have, yes, yeah. The, oh, the, I have the, not. It's the short that uh, uh, they're doing shorts each month up until they they come back with season two, and this was the one that dropped a couple of weeks ago here in in November. Um, yeah, it's it's good. I don't think there's time travel too much involved in it. It's set in it's set in the far future, right? With the implication that the ship has been abandoned and alone for about a thousand years now. I believe that, that that actor and that character is going to be joining the show in season two. So Oh, interesting. Okay. I, I thought. Maybe or maybe maybe not. I, I hope I hope so, because I really I really like him a lot. Um uh, Aldous you know, so, Hodge. Yes. Who was in um uh Leverage. Yes. Which I you know really liked. Yeah. Um, um yeah, it was it was very good. I I recommend uh, you know, tracking it down if you can. It was it, these these discovery shorts. Whatever whatever you thought of season one of Discovery, they're nice little self-contained bits that feel that they really capture wonderfully the feeling of Star Trek. Yes, so far. Yeah, I, so I'm told. I haven't seen yep. it. Right. Yep. Um, some other shows that come to mind. Um, Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> well, sure. If you're gonna if you're gonna have just absolute bonkers time travel, that's <laughs> that's really yeah. they're having fun. Oh, right. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Um, you know, and uh, conversely, uh, the Flash. Every time they do something like this, I want to slap them. Oh, Barry, right? no. Yeah. Oh, Barry, no. Um, yeah. yeah. And, did I and talk- Doctor Who. Of know, course. All, even though it's it's a time travel show, I think Doctor Who only rarely has time travel plots 
uh-huh yeah where they're where they're they're moving back and forth within the course of a particular episode it's it's more a vehicle for the storytelling rather than something that's used within the stories themselves yeah and have, there was have, yeah, there were some pieces in the Stephen Moffat era um, that involved you know involved moving through time and looping back to fix something um, and it, it never played well for me um, he, yeah. he didn't follow he didn't follow the rules which is right. sounds dumb and, and drives my wife Allie crazy when I say you're not playing by the rules of time travel right but you know when you set something up and then you break it in mm-hmm. order to make your storytelling easier, that offends me deeply. Right, which Babylon 5 does not do. Babylon right? 5 absolutely no. does not do that, yeah. Now, ba- ba- back into this sort of time travel conversation a little yes. bit. Um, have I talked about El Ministerio del Tiempo on this program with you? You've, you've talked to me about it, but I can't recall if you've talked about it on the show. Uh, okay, so, so uh, a Spanish uh, television program about an, a Spanish government organization called the Ministry of Time. And they have access to these doorways, these portals into various times in Spanish history. And the agents go back to make sure that things transpire as they were meant to. Mm -hmm. Compulsively watchable once you get past the first couple of episodes and you sort of settle into the the flavor of it, right? Mm -hmm. This Um, is on Netflix, yes? That's on Netflix, right? Okay. Also on Netflix, Chris, you and I haven't talked about this in a while, Uh but uh, Travelers. Yes. Right? Which Uh. was... So good. So good. Um, trying to think of... Oh, and Dark. Good grief, we haven't talked about Dark. Right. Right, which is all about that. Yes. Yeah, gentle listeners, if you are, if you are looking for a mind-bender of a program, go to Netflix and watch mm-hmm. Dark. Oh, my word. And it left itself open nicely with implications for a next season which i which i really hope that they do totally oh yeah it's uh, my understanding is it's been renewed excellent Excellent. yeah um a couple of time travel films (laughs) the the, 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 same thing with high school football rules uh yeah bill and and ted's excellent adventure wild stallions right you can't go wrong i am so excited Uh, for the third movie can't tell you how excited i am for it I and thought the second movie, meh, but I can't wait for Bill and Ted 3. The second movie was good. The animated series, the Saturday morning cartoon, was right. so good. It had no right to be that good. It was like it was like Ghostbusters good, animated yeah. good. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, and frankly, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure had no right to be that good either. Very true. Right. I mean, that, I mean, talk about a dumb premise, but, but <laughs> they leaned so, into it. So great. Yeah. Um, Twelve Monkeys. Yeah. Oh, one of my favorites. Yeah. Yep. And um, from the seventies, time after time. Mm-hmm. With both mm-hmm. Malcolm McDowell and David Warner. Uh huh. David Warner as uh, Jack the Ripper. We've had this conversation. That's not the one with Christopher Reeve in it. Negative. That's that's the time machine. No, 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 no. no. Hold on. I think we probably somewhere talked, in time. Somewhere in time, yes. I think yeah, we probably that's talked the about this. Reeve, yeah. yeah, when Babylon Squared was on, 
but then yeah. that was that <laughs> yeah, was no further... doubt we did other yeah sorry yeah, listeners for redoing 20 minutes of content you've already heard because we already had this conversation yeah <laughs> well that's okay uh yeah. you know no one listened during our season one anyway because it was pretty yeah. terrible yeah so. <laughs> uh so folks you know for, for for what it's worth we hope that you're gonna you're gonna weigh in with some of your you know yes. favorite time travel stuff uh you know as well um the time travel here is tight Mm-hmm. It's clear, and and it gives us you know that 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 business with Ivanova, you know, as Babylon mm-hmm. Five is laying waste, uh-huh. right? Uh, it's the bearded know. Riker, you know. Right. <laughs> exactly. You know, I don't want to go back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, uh, that's hair. good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, it's a reminder of what's at stake. Right. Right. No, this has to happen. It has to happen in this way. Mm-hmm. Or we sort of don't win well enough. Right. Right? Right. We kind of win. Right? Right. And in kind of winning, we lose the whole rest of time. Well, and I think that's the beauty of what JMS has laid down here is that, again, going back to the predestination and free will thing. Right. That that time seems to be mutable. Uh huh. Because, all right, we've we've averted the destruction of Babylon Five by by bringing Babylon Four back. So, right. so we've we've seen time was going to flow in this direction. Right. But we've diverted the stream to go and do this other thing instead. Presumably, you know, with the. Presumably Sheridan is going to take something from his flash forwards. To we will avoid, see, right? But right, we presume. To, right. Yeah, to avoid getting to that place where where they they save themselves at the cost of Centauri Prime. Right. And and, and the whole the whole bit with Delenn pleading with him, don't go to Zahadum. Right. Well, right. I mean, come on. Right. Um, right. So my, my, you know, it, it, it's interesting that, that it seems that there's a cycle here and that these things, you know, all of this has happened before. Uh, yes, right. That, that things have continued through. And it makes me wonder if having Sheridan there instead of Sinclair. Yes. Is maybe the thing that breaks the cycle and takes it into the path where the forces of light can win over the shadows this time. Oh, Interesting. Yeah, you know, I, I hadn't thought about it like that, but that's some, persuasive to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Some something breaks the cycle of what has happened before. Because right, because otherwise, if it if if it doesn't, then you know we we've seen Cent, you know Centauri Prime falls, and you know presumably Babylon Five falls. All these you know things don't work out all that well. Right. So, you know, maybe that's maybe if we assume that 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 time is, you know, as, as, as the man says, a flat circle, uh, that this is, and we're just coming around in the cycle again. Right. This is where we, this is the kind of talk that, that, that really just makes Allie want to, you know, bash my head in with a rock. Right. You know, is we're, we're coming around on the cycle again. And, and this is the point where, where we, we get an off ramp and we, we, we break the cycle. We move into a different, a different ending than what's happened you know, countless times before. Yeah, right, right. That we get the um Yeah, this this is your one uh this is your one off ramp. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. You know, I've, and, I've, I've seen 15 million examples mm-hmm. of us fighting this war. Mm-hmm. How many did we win? Um, one. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But That's there only has to be one. Right. 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 And, and this is maybe this is the time through that we get the, the Trinity, the three in one, one in three. Correct. Right. And that's what makes the difference that other times it wasn't balanced. Correct. I would, I would buy that, that, that feels like, again, from a world building perspective, right. Mm -hmm. That feels like it has story integrity, Mm -hmm. right. Now this balances on a tripod. Right. And once that, once that balance is there and it's understood, now mm-hmm. we can proceed, right? Mm-hmm. I'll come back to that, to some thoughts about that a bit later. But I found that to be one of the more compelling reveals, you know, of this, mm-hmm. right? You know, the I, one who was, the one who is, and the one who will yet be. Right. Oh, yeah, totally Mimbari, right? Mm-hmm. Totally Mimbari. And... <clears throat> still continues to be sort of resonant with the JMS spiritual, uh, you know, there's, there's always that, that layer on all of this. This is not just sort of pure hard sci-fi, right? right? There is this other kind of mystical stuff that goes on, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you know, Delenn's not warrior cast. She's a religious cast. Yep. Right. So we're going to get this kind of stuff. Uh, I found it very, I found it very persuasive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and uh, coming from Zathras. And coming from people. Zathras of all people, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good old Zathras. Zathras, you know, the best character of the 1990s. He's Prove uh, me wrong, internet. Yeah. Fight me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's, it's like, somehow I have a greater appreciation Mm-hmm. Uh, for for that character and what he was asked to do mm. in this watch through than in previous watch throughs where he felt a little bit throwaway but mm-hmm. now I see you know he's sort of integral to connecting the work of the great machine to the you know to the bigger narrative and you know to the to this kind of spiritual dimension right right because he is sort of outside of these things and yet is sort of like the key, you know, the, the, the arch of time, uh, you yeah. know, if you will. Um, what about, um, what are your thoughts on the way they handled the, the Centauri Prime, the main Centauri Prime storyline? Oh, you I know. thought that was I thought that was terrific. Oh, um, agreed, agreed, agreed. And and I, again, I hope that you did. You know that you saw it as yeah, great. Yeah. yeah, you know, fantastic performances. You know, from from Peter Jurassic uh, and Andreas Katsoulis. Again, right? Absolutely top notch. You know, uh, the latter, you know, less than the former because he wasn't in that much of it. But uh, oh, fantastic performance, fantastic, uh, you know, direction. Uh, blocking of the of the scene in the throne room where it's just the three of them. Uh, oh, what and, a and piece Londo's, of direction! And Londo's just in shadow for yes. for most of it. Oh, yeah, 
magnificent. Magnificent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, a, a, a reminder, uh, you know, perhaps that not just Janet Greek is a, you know, is, is an effective, uh, you know, in interpreter of, um, you know, of, of JMS's writing. Right. You know, because, you know, he was, you know, he was dynamite. You know, that direction was, was so good. Um, yeah. The, over the whole, you know, the whole two-part episode i i think it was yeah. it was really it was really solid but that that scene in particular just really stood out for me yeah he got he got some he got some depth of acting out of these out of these actors that mm-hmm. uh that we really needed and that we don't always see mm-hmm. right uh uh peter jurassic you know totally broken you know but also determined in a way that that Londo rarely seems to be capable of right uh, y- y- you know and mm-hmm. and uh, and Jakar absolutely bound by duty right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know uh, and you know we talked a little bit in the pre-show about the makeup work that they did on oh. on, on Jurassic and on Katsulas Katsulas looked he looked wizened. Yeah. You know, I mean, they did a crack-up job on that makeup. And, and that weird janky eye patch that runs under his other eye. Right. And, you know, it's like, oh, wow, this is, it just, he just looks messed up in 17 different ways. And Yeah, and, right. And what's Jakar doing hanging out at the palace anyway at this right, point right. in 17 years down, down the line? Oh. Right. And, you know, think about how Londo addresses him. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, what what is yet to come? Right. To get this relationship to be where where it is. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, it was... you it's hard to imagine what that's going to look like, given how much given how much story and character work we've already done with those two. Right. I mean, my word, there's a yeah. lot coming. A lot of it may have to be done off screen you know after the end of the after the end of the show who knows yeah right right we're not gonna we're not gonna get to that point in the in the storytelling there's not gonna be you know season 23 of babylon 5 where we actually catch up to that scene right right yeah we're yeah we're correct correct um i thought the the introduction of these keepers, mm. whatever that is, going to prove to be, mm. right, suggests that the the ongoing price of dallying with the shadows is one that Londo is not going to be able to to pay off in in his lifetime. Right, and you know, good old Londo still trying to play both sides. Yeah, right, right. You know, he's right. he's I can. I can keep the the keeper asleep and try to do this thing that will ease my conscience, you know, save right. my people, you know, right. while I still serve it. You know, yeah, he's, you know, this. He, he's, he's infuriating he, at all times, yeah, right? <laughs> he, he never has just one, you know, one line going. He's always playing multiple lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, for that, sure. Terrific. Absolutely. Absolutely terrific stuff. Yeah. 
And uh, further confirmation that Veer will succeed. Mm-hmm. Right? Because yeah. it appears that Londo's uh, Praetorian Guard is on side. Mm-hmm. Right? That they're not, you know, you know we've, we've talked about for, forever the Centauri games of nobility kind of thing, right? Right. You know, and, in, you know, in this case, Veer reads a bit like Claudius. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, oh, he just happened to be there. And he's holding it, hail, yeah. hail, you know, that kind of thing, right? Right. And, um, you know, I, I don't know that we're going to be shown that, but that's sort of how that, how that read to me, you know? Yeah, same. Um, and um, I think Veer will do a better job than Claudius. Claudius wasn't so bad. Well, he was a little crazy. A little ineffectual. Oh, he, that's for our <laughs> Roman Emperor's podcast. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Good grief. How many, how many emperors were there? Hundreds, weren't there? Not enough. No. Should have had more. That's for our... Rome, Rome, Let's revive the... Rome, Rome, rubbish, rubbish podcast. Yeah, I guess, Precisely. I guess comparatively, Claudius was, was pretty good. You yeah. Know? I mean, you as these things go, the right? century emperors. Yeah, I guess, I guess we're, yeah. we're, we're in good stead yeah. there. I'm going to put him ahead of, say, uh, Nerva... And mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Caligula, yeah, and I'm going to put him ahead of Tiberius, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're yeah. sort of running out at that point, yeah, yeah. Well, in <laughs> any case, um, we should probably say a few words about uh, about Michael O'Hare in general. Oh yeah, you know, I we talked about him before we started recording, so I you know I I, I part of my brain was like we already talked about this, but um, I thought he seemed clearer. And yes. more resolute yes. than uh, than we'd seen Sinclair back in season one. So, whatever he was doing during that year and a half of downtime, you know, getting himself together, getting some sort of treatment, whatever it was, right, seemed right. to be working pretty well. You uh-huh. know, the, not having the pressures of 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 being the lead probably helped out quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and you know it's it's it to me my takeaway from that was Michael O'Hare should have been cast as a Mimbari from the start because the way that he reads as Ambassador Sinclair is so Mimbari shaded right 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 esoteric uh never really directly answering the question a little stilted, a little aloof. Uh, yeah, yeah. More, right. much more like we saw Delenn in the Gathering. I think correct. Than we saw her even through, even before her transformation. Correct. Um, right. Like, like Garibaldi and Sheridan. That relationship kind of made Sinclair kind of read as 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 human. But you could have put him next to uh, Lanier as a Mimbari mm-hmm. if you would put him in the makeup. Uh-huh. And he would have read as a Mimbari to me. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I, I agree. And, and our, our friend uh, Jamie, who I'm sure doesn't listen and will never know that he was mentioned on this podcast. Yes. Um, I think he mentioned this idea to us a couple of years back. And uh, it had been sort of in the back of my brain right? watching his performance, but it's, it was never 
never clearer to me than in this particular episode. Yeah, um, I'd agree with that. And and we get the flashbacks, you know, as he's uh, as he's realizing the seeds that had been planted all throughout season one. Yes. Um, leading to the transformation to to Valen and. He, yeah, it's you know, it was it was clear that it was there from the beginning, uh, but I but I I don't believe that it was intentional. I don't believe that JMS sat down and said, "Okay, this is this is what I'm going for with this character." So can you right. play a little more aloof? Can you play a little more uh, right? You know, esoteric than a normal human might be. Um, I think it's just happy coincidence that it ended up that way. Yeah. But it worked, without um, question. It totally worked. It totally worked. It was great to see him back. Yes. Um, and now that he's, you know, resolved, and we know who Valen is, and we got a reinforcement of these sort of Vorlons as angels mm-hmm. kind, of, kind of thing, yeah. right? It helps to solidify... A lot of a lot of content that we'd been given previously, mm-hmm. and to sort of firmly establish it as canon, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Now, now we'll see those things play out, right? Okay. We could not have won the war without Babylon Four. Right. Here's where Babylon Five is. We get a couple of different takes on the future of of our characters and of you know of of our galaxy. You know what? What? What's what's the Sheridan future we're going to actually get? You know, is he going to go to Zaha Doom, even though he was told by Delenn not to, well, and by Kosh not to? Well, we know he's going. Yeah. The more the more right. you tell somebody like Sheridan not to do something. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, in fact, that the last season of this, uh, the last episode of this season is called Zaha Doom. Yeah. You know, not in the shadow of it, or. Or, yeah. you know, vaguely in orbit around Zaha Doom, but uh-huh. Zaha Doom, right, yeah. suggests what's, yeah, full stop, you know, suggests what's coming. Right. Um, and, you know, and we'll, and we'll see what transpires as a result of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, back to the point about the one. Yes. Okay. We're not going to have to relitigate the Council of Nicaea here, are we? I will. Yeah. I, I, I will I will uh, I will yield. Okay. <laughs> I will yield. Yeah. Yeah. Um, folks, that was a reference to an outstanding mid mid nineties, early nineties um, board game, card mm-hmm. game called Credo, in which the different players represent factions of the Christian Church attempting to get their version of the Council of uh, their version of the different articles of the of the Nicene Creed approved. And it can lead to extremely unusual, uh, uh, you know, out- outcomes. You know, we believe in three gods who are, <laughs> you know, the risen sun, this kind of thing. You yeah. know, S-U-N, not S-O-N. <laughs> mm, right. Yeah. So, go play it. Welcome it's not a full-on Japanese Manichaeanism. <laughs> that's correct. <laughs> that's correct. Yeah. That's correct. Um, so, no, okay, so the one who was... And the one mm-hmm. who is, and the one who you know who will yet be, you know the, uh, uh, you know the one of the the one of Christmas past, of Christmas yes. present, and Christmas future. Okay, I think that in order for the story that we are experiencing right now to be 
full and complete. We have to go forward in time to some point that will yet be. I don't think that's mm-hmm. 20 years in the future. All this stuff about a thousand year cycles. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked a little bit about, you know, what would you do if you recast this? You know, what, what would you, how would you reboot it? I don't know that I would reboot it. I think I would bring, I think I'd retcon the, uh, the, the, the end of this series where, you know, Babylon 5 meets its fate. And I would, I would bring Babylon 5 forward in time to be the station that fights and wins the last of the, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. of, of, of these wars, you know? Mm-hmm. This is the story of the last of the Babylon stations. Well, I don't believe that the last of the Babylon stations suffers the fate it suffers in season five. Hmm. I think it has to go on. And I think we're meant to see it as going on because of this framing of the one. Interesting. Right. Yeah. Now, there's no evidence of, of any of that, right? No. But, yeah, but, and, I, and I haven't watched Sleeping in Light in you know, 25 years, 20 years, 20 years to the day uh, yeah. today, yeah, right? actually. Um, enough to, to, to know if there's anything planted in there. Um, yeah, I... It's interesting. I, I didn't. I hadn't got the sense when Zathras is is making those identifications that he was talking about the station so much as he was talking about Sheridan being the one who will be. So, oh yeah, would it, totally, totally. Would it, would it necessarily? Would you even necessarily need to pull Babylon Five into the future, a thousand years, or would you inc- have something where he himself? is pulled, you know, part of his uh-huh. unstuck in time. Yeah. You know, maybe we only got a little bit of it and maybe he, there were a lot more bounces that went on. Right. And he ends up a thousand years in the future and does something at that point. Right. Yeah. Valen two or something, you know? Yeah. 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 And, and then returns back like 30 seconds later. Yeah. To, uh, you know, with, with presumably no memory of what had happened or just choosing not to discuss it ever because he didn't want to, upset the balance kind of right thing. right yeah i don't but know I that, like, that's just how yeah. i felt yeah uh-huh you know that would that, be, that, yeah it would definitely be interesting to it would that it would be an epic one of these epic moments to see this station you know that we've known and loved you know we never really got to know babylon 4 well enough to to i would say love it but to see right. five you know materialize you know, in in some new uh, new place, new location, through yeah. some great machine chicanery. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Um, yeah, I um, I can I can almost see what the what the teaser, you know, of mm-hmm. the new gathering, mm-hmm. you know, might 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 look like, you know. Mm. Um, but that's for down the road. We'll, we'll, we'll inevitably talk about that more as we get into season five and we start to, uh, yeah. you know, we start to come, come towards the end. Um, I mean, after people throw us, you know, buckets full of money so that we can, uh, we can start getting it produced. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll put that, uh, we gotta we'll start get some that, of that work in season four. Got to get some of that ALF mattress money. Right. Yeah. ALF mattress. Mm. Uh, they're going to put Casper down, I think. I, I would 
bang yeah. bang. Two to the yeah, L. you want to yeah you want to check that out, listeners. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah you definitely want to check out A L E P H uh, mattress. Mm-hmm. Um, link for the sure, notes, of course. Yeah, it'll be linked in the show notes. Um, Chris, I think an extraordinary uh, an extraordinary episode. Absolutely, I you know um, I find no fault with with these episodes whatsoever. Yeah, um, this is this is this is the stuff that makes us do a Babylon Five podcast twenty years on. Correct, correct, and why it remains so important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can see in the work that JMS is doing the 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 notes that are sounded in programs that are between our time and then, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That there's this clear, you know, that this clear commitment, influence, etc. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, there and, was you know, even, we're going to get more of it. So yeah, there was a there was a point one of Marcus's scenes in this episode. Yes, where I had a moment like, was George Lucas watching this when he was sort of shaping the character of Qui Gon Jinn and Obi Wan Kenobi? Yeah, you know, yeah, it, right. You know the the of the the prequel Jedi. You know, there I, there's definitely Marcus notes in there, um, and of course every time I hear Valen, I think of the drawn eye. So to- totally, totally, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, you don't, you don't get, yeah, you just, you don't get the Draenei without mm-hmm. the Mimbari, yeah. right? I mean, exactly. you know, uh, you know, Mimbar Prime looks exactly like the Exodar. It does. Yeah. I mean, it's it's ridiculous how close it is. Yeah, that right? ramp that you go down. There's, there's the dual ramp going down that looks just like their their head, you know. Correct. Bone. Correct. Things. Yeah. Right. And the, yeah. you know, the Nauru, who have that special mm-hmm. relationship with the Draenei, are so obviously, uh, you know, uh, they're so very Vorlon, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, you know, I think the Draenei storylines are one of the most compelling parts of, uh, you know, of World of Warcraft. I agree. Um, I mean, to me. So, yeah. um, so folks, um, that's War Without End. Not an episode without end. We're going to end it now. It seems uh, like it. Yeah, indeed. Uh, next week we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have just about the most horrifying puppet I've seen in television. Uh, <laughs> pay, pay pay us a little visit. Good grief! I'm going to talk about that for about a year and a half. Yeah, you know, because yeah. that's all the life I have left of me after it started talking. Mm-hmm. Good grief! <laughs> Clowns and puppets. No, no, no. No. Um, a visit from uh, our dear friend Robert England, and we're gonna have a little, uh, gonna have a little visit, uh, you know, being John Malkovich style to, uh, to section Gray seventeen of Babylon Five, which uh, is missing. Many people wish the episode were missing. Chris, I'm just saying it's not a well received <laughs> episode, but we're gonna knock it out of the park. We're so gonna we'll, knock it out of the park. We'll talk to you next week, folks. All right, friends. Until then, bye. bye.